Is my memory accurate? It was about exactly two years ago. Uh, wait, you shouldn't say about exactly. It was about two years ago. And thank the Lord, we can have a little gathering in the flow of the Spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the fellowship of the body. Our general subject is living in the church as the kingdom of God. The first word indicates that this will not be a doctrinal message. Living is not a doctrine. You know, living is the totality of all of our activities as persons. Living is all-inclusive. It's not visiting. It's not vacationing. uh, But living. And then this living is in the church. And by the church, we mean the practical assembling together of the believers in a locality. Their practical life of fellowship Serving, gospel preaching, shepherding one another. And this church has the status of the kingdom of God. And so the four messages will be concerned with our living with the realization that the church in which we're living is the kingdom of God. First, however, we need to consider how we're using this expression, the kingdom of God. We take our clue from the Lord Jesus who said you can't see it unless you're born anew. And that being born anew Involves receiving eternal life by believing into the Son. So it's obviously not physical or political because you can't even see it if you're not born anew. Then, in order to enter it, we need to be born of water through baptism to terminate the old things and born of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus said, In response to the question, was he a king? He said, my kingdom is not of this world system. It's not anything you can identify in the political sphere. If it were, my attendants would fight. But it's not from here. Then in Revelation, we see that this same one who spoke in in John 18 is the one who made us a kingdom. He constituted us a kingdom. And I'd like to add to our reading, Revelation 1.9. John, who wrote down this revelation, was really not in a pleasant place for a very elderly person. People in their 90s, 
for, to put them in exile in a barren island in the Aegean Sea. It's not the cruelest punishment, but it's not pleasant. But according to his realization in writing verse 9, he said, I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and endurance in Jesus was on the island called Patmos. He was on the island, but he was in the kingdom. That's what he says. And he said, I am your fellow partaker. I am your companion in the kingdom. It will be worthwhile, uh, even necessary, to lay the groundwork for this little conference by saying more regarding what a kingdom is. We have a natural concept of a kingdom. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's natural. The natural concept is you have a powerful person with authority. A king, a queen, a czar. And this person with authority has territory that's uniquely his. And this territory is populated by people who are his subjects. That's a kingdom. Territory, subjects, and a ruler. That is not wrong. But that's the natural concept. And that's what the kingdoms of this world are. In a universal sense, the whole universe is God's territory. Everything in the universe are his subjects. And he, of course, is on the throne with authority. The Bible does speak of the kingdom of God like that. But that is not the way the Lord spoke about it in John 3. When he said you have to be born anew in order to see it. So we may now introduce another definition or description of a kingdom. A kingdom is the totality of a certain kind of life. Uh, I don't know botany other than enjoying the tree of life. I don't want to know <laughs> botany. But I do know we speak of the plant kingdom, don't we? The plant kingdom. Well, that's not a matter of territory and some powerful plant dominating all the others. The plant kingdom is all the plants with the plant life. The principle is the same, and I won't belabor this, with the animal kingdom. So I call him the recovery cat, Kino Katino the recovery cat. One of our three felines, my wife's feline companions in her husband's absence, 
They're part of the animal kingdom. But there is no supreme beast dominating the others and there's no fixed territory. It's just all the animals. Now we want to apply this principle to the kingdom of God. So let me ask you this. To begin with, we're talking about the realm of life now. Who is in the kingdom of God? Only God. Because only God has the life of God, right? Yet the Bible speaks of the kingdom of God. But who's in it except God? All the plants are in the plant kingdom. All the animals in the animal kingdom, all the humans in the human kingdom, as realms of life. Now we're speaking of the kingdom of God as a realm of life. And to begin with, only God has the life of God. So only God is in the kingdom of God. But that's not the way he wants it. He wants to populate. The kingdom of God as a realm of life by begetting children. And those who are born in you, born from above, born again, born of the spirit, they can see the kingdom of God in their spirit. So tonight they could come into this meeting place. And the spirit within them would sense, I'm in a realm of God. There aren't just chairs here and people here. All these people have been born of God to be in a spiritual realm called the kingdom of God. I see it in the spirit. We enter into it by being born of water and of the Spirit. Now, our subject is, how do we live in it? Living in it. Uh, as a way of illustrating, there, there is no element of boast here. I've been in a lot of countries just this year, one of which was Cuba. And a number of years ago, when there was that dispute over Elian Gonzalez, remember that little boy and one liberal congressperson from one of the states that will not be mentioned, um, said he should go back. He'll have a wonderful life in Cuba. Well, I was in Cuba in March. My report is, no one has a wonderful life in Cuba. But when you're there, you live in a certain way. If you go there, right at the airport, you will exchange your American dollars for tourist money. It's the only kind you can get. They've got two kinds of bills. And they immediately will take 20% off the equivalency. Not bad for a Marxist society, right? No capitalism there. And then you are allowed only to be in certain places. 
And the Cubans have to use their own kind of money, which is as one twentieth of the value of the tourist money. Okay, that's an island kingdom. If you're going to be there, you have to live under certain principles. But then I was in Russia. And things are changing in Russia. It's not good. But when you're there, you're not in the U.S. You have to live in that realm. Then Singapore. You know why they call Singapore a very fine city? Because they fine you for everything. <laughs> Chewing gum. You know, crossing catty corner on the street. When you're there, in the midst of its affluence, you have to live in a certain way. Chile. Ireland, whatever. Now we are in the kingdom of God. Do you realize that you are in the kingdom of God by birth? At least your deepest part, your regenerated spirit, is in the kingdom of God. And the church has many aspects one of which is the kingdom of God. So to be in the church is to be in the kingdom of God, but not as a realm with persons of authority telling you what to do. The church is not that kind of kingdom. The church is the kingdom of God in the way of life. That's the subject of the first message, the vision of the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life. That's what the kingdom of God is. Now this kingdom is in the church. Okay, here's our situation. And so far, things haven't been that heavy in the message, and they really won't be that heavy. But just a moment, however long a moment is. How long is a moment? Anyway, I'll stay with the word. Most of us are a contradiction at a very deep level in our being. We don't set out to be. What do I mean? I mean we have the life of God in us because we have God in Christ as the spirit in us and we are in the realm of the divine life if we're in the church. If we're in the church, we're in the practicality of the kingdom of God. But if we do not live by the life of this kingdom, we are contradicting our own being. When I was in Cuba, back to this illustration, I had the privilege of 
spending a lot of time with a native Cuban, one of our co-workers, was born there. Went to a seminary there. And at a certain point, he was married. He made the decision to leave. He realized he couldn't live contrary to that realm while he was there. So he spent two nights and a day in the water. Swimming from his city, not to Florida, okay, you don't, you don't do that, but to Guantanamo Bay. The principle is, soon as you touch ground in U.S. territory, you're free. And he was my guide. We walked around the neighborhood where he grew up. He explained to me how things were. See, just imagine living in Kansas City, 2008. Imagine if none of the streets were cleaned or repaired since 1958. That would be your Kansas City. That's that realm. And he decided no more. No more. I will get out. Eventually, there's quite a story that Brother Guido tells us. And at a certain point, Brother Lee was involved. There was almost a miraculous arrangement to get his whole family out of there. The point is, when you're in a certain realm and you live contrary to the life in that realm, you're a contradiction. The church is the kingdom of God. I don't know if all the young people have heard this before. It's not the kingdom of God with leading brothers as kings telling the rest of us what to do. It's the kingdom of God as a realm of life. Now let me tell you something I'm learning. When we live in the kingdom of God as a realm of the divine life, according to its intrinsic principle, we will be the happiest persons on earth. The happiest persons. We read Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness. So you're right with persons and things. Peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. The fact that we don't have that much joy in the Holy Spirit is an indicator we're not fully living in the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life. So we can present this positively. We have a lot to look forward to. What is our basis for saying that the kingdom of God is a realm of joy other than Romans 14, 17? It's the Lord's word of reward 
to the faithful slaves. And he says, enter into the what? Enter into the joy of your master. The joy of your master. Indicating it's a realm of delight, of joy. Now, I'm covering something in principle, then we'll read through the outline and and stop tonight's uh, ministry between 9.15 and 9.20 so we can have a little response and we can all be taken care of in a human way. This is Friday night. You worked. You traveled. Some of you got to travel back. Uh, We don't want to impose a burden on you that is just not human. The essential principle of the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life is life. The tree of life. That's why we sang these two hymns. And life has a consciousness and a sense. The kingdom of God as a realm of life functions by the divine life with its consciousness. The human kingdom, which is actually an extension of the satanic kingdom, lives by another principle. That is by the knowledge of good and evil. That's the principle of every society, of every war, it's according to this principle. No one ever said, I'm wrong. You want to fight about it? You got a problem with that? Huh? You want to go outside? No, no. Nobody. So look, the whole human kingdom is living by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everywhere. Every society, same principle. Now, God has his kingdom as a realm of life. And there isn't any tree of the knowledge of good and evil here. There's God himself as life. And this life flows in us as it flows in us. I don't want to say it gives us feelings. Because that's a little psychological. It gives us a sense, a consciousness. That when we are in life, there's peace, there's brightness, there's strengthening, there's nourishment. When we touch death, it's dryness, it's darkness, so many other things. We have yet to realize how revolutionary it is to live by God as life. But the church is a realm, since it is the kingdom of God, that functions according to this principle. Here's an illustration from Brother Nee's ministry, Brother Watchman Nee in his message on the two principles of living. He was trying to help some believers 
that were farmers. And the rice fields were on a terrace, on a hillside, okay? They're on levels. And some farmers would have a few tiers, and some below them would have other tiers. And they had to pump their water. So our dear brothers, being diligent, they pumped water for the rice fields. Then at night, some farmers below broke, you know, the kind of dike-like thing, drained the water off. You know, that's using the law of gravity to their advantage. The brothers wake up. Where's the water? Oh, there it is. And they're not happy. Isn't that wrong? That's water theft. I don't know, is that a felony? <laughs> but, but it's wrong. And, and this went on for a while. Then Brother Nee comes to them with another principle. He says, well, you, what you should do is first pump water for their fields. Let it run down. So they've got all the water they need. Then you pump water for your own rice fields. And they were happy when they heard it. And they were happy when they did it. Why were they happy? Because they touched the kingdom life. If they stayed in right and wrong, there might have been litigation depending on whether or not the other farmers were skilled in martial arts, there might have been physical <laughs> combat. If it were parts of the U.S., weapons might have been involved. Really? We have road rage. People getting violent when someone cuts you off. These dear brothers were in right and wrong. Who can blame them? You still might... Pump your own water. I pump my water. But Brother Nee was living in the kingdom of God as a realm of the divine life. And he fellowshiped with them. When the brothers took that fellowship, they were happy. As a result, those other farmers wanted to hear the gospel. Brother Nee lived in this realm year after year. The last 20 years of his life were a lot worse than Patmos. And his last written communication that got out, as most of us have heard, was, I kept my joy. How can you do that? I don't think he lived to be 70. He didn't have a long life. He had been ill for decades. We talked to his cellmate. Brother Nee was too ill to walk over the hill to get his portion of food. They refused to bring it to him. But his cellmate shared his food with him. 
that word, I have kept my joy, says much more than we can realize. That means while he was in that labor camp, while he was in that prison, he was in the kingdom of God. He lived here. His whole ministry is in this realm. And Brother Lee, the same. Now we are here. And our burden is to work this out. To live this out. To consummate this. And what we need is another principle of living. That matches the kingdom as a realm of life. What it will take personally, only the Spirit knows what we need to go through. I don't want to say too much, but where the right and wrong business was the strongest was at home with my wife. That's where it was the strongest. So that is where the Lord's discipline was the most severe. And some things you hear from your wife, usually she can communicate directly. She has no problem with communicating directly. <laughs> but some things you, you, you hear about some other way, and one of these was the Lord finally got through Ron in this matter. At least it wasn't yesterday that she said that. I do know Whereof I speak. The kingdom of God. Is the realm of God's life. With all of its activities. To live. In this realm. In the practicality of the church life. We need to live. By the divine life. And not our natural human life. This is the basic lesson. Probably this is the most fundamental lesson of our whole Christian life. I've got the divine life in me and my human life is still there. Now I learn to say no to my natural human life. Let the divine life flow and when it flows... I'm in the kingdom in reality. Then there's righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, I want to say one other thing. If I don't, um, I just might forget about it until I'm on the, the Canadian regional jet. Have you ever flown one of those? I wonder who designed that kind of interior of an aircraft. Who would do that? Anyway, it's an excellent opportunity to enjoy the Lord, right? When we are really in the kingdom of God experientially, we are subdued, subdued by life. You ever thought about the difference between being defeated and being subdued? 
A lot of my ancestors, they came from Finland. I think it's fair to say the hard-drinking Finns, they're tough. They're tough. It's a tough country. And Russia's next door. And they fought a lot of wars, a lot of wars with Russia and were overwhelmed by superior forces and were defeated, but not subdued. Being subdued means there's no resistance inwardly any longer. How about that? Didn't Jacob get to that point? It wasn't exactly like this when he was young, right? To say the least. But by the end, he was a subdued person. Sometimes I, when asked, or when speaking like this, I may just make a few comments to young single brothers in their quest of a mate. And this unsolicited word of advice is when you see this sister so submissive, so yielding, don't believe it. <laughs> Just don't believe it. I'm not saying it's a pretense. There is a lot going on inside of this person. Whoa, and when you touch it, you will have a direct encounter with what's there. None of us, we, we can sing hymns, you know, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. And then the Lord starts to have his own way. And there's a reaction. It is not pleasing to the Lord to subdue us by the exercise of power and authority. He doesn't want to do that. It's not pleasing. He, with the overcomers, we're just going to have to do it to the whole earth in the kingdom. That's just the way it is. And whoever gets Russia, they're really going to have to be trained to rule. But not in the church. Not among marriages of the saints. God wants to take another way and subdue us by the flowing of life. Amen. To subdue us by feeding us living bread. This is his way. The more our being is subdued inwardly. Not only the more peaceful we are, the happier we are. To the point that nothing outward matters as far as your inner being is concerned. That is why after 20 years imprisonment or in a reform camp, with exceedingly ill health, not even being allowed to attend his wife's funeral, Brother Nee can say, 
I'm paraphrasing. I'm still happy. I stayed happy the whole time. Okay, that's an overcomer. You want to know what overcoming looks like? It looks like a person being subdued inwardly by the flowing of the divine life and therefore enjoying the kingdom as the son of God's love. It's lovely. Now, as I read through the outline, the points on the outline will bring in the light of truth on a number of matters related to this. One says the kingdom of God is God himself. I think we touched on this. All the plants are the plant kingdom, animals, the animal kingdom. But there's only one God. Only he has the life of God. So he himself is the kingdom and alone is the kingdom until we are born into it. God's kingdom has God as its content. God himself is everything as the content of his kingdom. So that's why we sang this hymn. God is the eternal life. In this life are all his riches. That God becomes your content. He's everything to you. Like hymn 608 says. The triune God has now become our all. This is your reality. He's everything to me. Because... He's the content of the kingdom. God is life. Having the nature, ability, and shape of the divine life, which forms the realm of God's ruling. So right now, tonight, the realm of God's ruling among us in this assembly hall is his life with its activity. That's where he is ruling. See, in actuality... God's reigning over us is not an outward matter, but a matter of the innate ability of the divine life. He does not want to reign over us in an outward way. Now a word here of almost application, but I don't want to be too direct. I'd like to take care of the human feeling. But I observed it's a fact. Those who seek the Lord most, even if they're quite young, may have the most difficulties. You know, here's a sister graduated from the training. Here's a brother graduated from the training. So many of their friends, the marriage matter has worked out so smoothly. They just seem to go from one challenge to another for a period of time. We remember them, we pray, we bear them, but eventually we have no answer. But I have observed, at least in a number of cases, look, there aren't very many seekers in their 20s and 30s. There aren't very many young people who love the Lord with the best love. There aren't that many consecrated ones so when the Lord gets one, he's going to do a thorough work. And he may withhold certain things until he can carry out a subduing work and gain what he wants 
then so many other things will come. That is why eventually, if we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and really prayed and prayed and cried and prayed and called and prayed and prayed, we may want to change our prayer a little bit and ask, Lord, is there something that you're after in me? That in your estimation is the prerequisite. It has to be prior to what it is I'm asking for. I've been experiencing something like this over a period of 11 years along a couple fronts. On the one hand, you just pray. You pray for this person. You pray about this matter. Then eventually you have the sense the Lord is after something. And maybe it's me. Maybe I need to be subdued in this matter. And then when I got subdued, then the whole situation changed. This is inward. It's by life. The Lord does not want to rule you with a rod of iron. That's not for the church. That's for the nations. Now we have a section on the genuine church being the kingdom of God. The genuine church is the kingdom of God in this age. Today the believers live the kingdom life in the church. The Bible first presents the kingdom and thereafter presents the church. The presence of the kingdom produces the church. <clears throat> the gospel is called the gospel of the kingdom. It's never called the gospel of the church. The gospel of the kingdom brings the king into our being in the way of life. And the issue of that is the church. Then the church becomes the kingdom in practicality. The presence of the kingdom produces the church. Now one and two. The gospel brings in the divine life. And this life has its realm. Which is the kingdom. The divine life with its realm produces the church. The gospel brings life to you. This life has a realm, which is the kingdom. And the life with the realm brings forth the church. The gospel of the kingdom brings forth the church because the kingdom is the life itself. And the church is the issue of life. See, every kingdom is based upon a certain kind of life. The kingdom of God is based on the life of God. The gospel of the kingdom brings to you the life of God. You receive eternal life, but this life comes with a realm, and that realm is the kingdom. You can't have the life without the realm in which the life is. Then this life with its kingdom realm produces the church.
B says the kingdom is the reality of the church. Therefore, apart from the kingdom life, we cannot live the church life. I haven't been in the Lord's recovery that long. But it's been 42 years, right? There are saints in the Far East that, that have been here much longer. And I observed what happened to most of my generation from the 60s who came in in the 60s. Most of them are not here. They're not here. And most did not leave in rebellion. Most left for other reasons. The essential reason is if you don't live in the kingdom life, you cannot live the church life. In the church life, something's going to happen where you get offended. And the kingdom life requires that you forgive without limit. That's the kingdom life. But right and wrong operates in another way. And saints that do not forgive, they allow offenses to accumulate, they're gone. They don't cause a turmoil. They just drop off because they won't let the kingdom life direct them inwardly. And then now they're in big trouble because they refuse to forgive their brother or sister. So God does not forgive them. That's his word. That's the kingdom life. You have eternal forgiveness. This is now forgiveness for fellowship. There are, I've been in prayer meetings where the biggest battle in the prayer meeting, let me put this directly, is to get certain people to stop praying. If they would stop praying, the divine life in the church as the kingdom would issue in the prayers that we need. But some are so active in their praying soul that there's no kingdom in the prayer ministry of the church is affected this is quite enlightening apart from the kingdom life we cannot live the church life you can try you can be another generation to try you cannot live this life by your natural human life not the church life you're going to be thrown together with all different kinds of people not only races, cultures, nationalities, dispositions, peculiarities. You can love everyone except one. It only takes one <laughs> to expose your natural life. Amen. We have saints, they're worn out. They don't know why they're worn out. They're trying to live the church life by their human life. Right. You're a contradiction. No wonder you're not happy if you're still here. You're exhausted. And you may not be angry. Actually, you're too tired to be angry. You don't have the energy to be angry anymore. But when the, church, the kingdom life comes, we have the church life. Since the kingdom life issues in the church, as we live corporately in the kingdom life, we spontaneously live the church life. I haven't seen most of these brothers for close to two years. Now we're together. It's effortless to be together with you. There's no time element. 
You're my brothers. You have the divine life with the divine love in you. So do I. We're corporately under this. We're just the church. For 48 hours, I'm in the church in Kansas City. Just a little. Whether this is humorous or not, or a lame attempt, you decide. But I suggested at dinner that I don't know how Kansas got named or how Kansas City got its name. I'm suggesting someone misspelled Kangas. <laughs> you know, instead of the, the G, they put an S in there. Yeah, I don't mean, I would shake my head too if I were on the listening end. <laughs> don't think, you know, this is not a stuffy place. This is a very human place, a very endearing place. I know that that theory is not going to bear examination. It's just for a little levity, okay? Okay. But when we live corporately in this realm, spontaneously we live the church life. If you're trying to live the church life, that's a clue. You're not in the kingdom. It's like if you're trying to be a Christian. You're not living the Christian life. You're living a human life trying to be a Christian. It's sort of like I, I go home and the recovery cat, Katino, is trying to be a Christian. Do you think Katino can be a Christian? Can I train my cat to be a That's absurd. Well, it's just as absurd for a human to try to be a Christian or for a human life to try to live the church life. But... I realize a number of you, you're going you're gonna to go on trying for a while. But inwardly, I'm smiling, not with glee. I'm just smiling with understanding. You'll be subdued. Then you'll really give up. Then the joy will begin. You'll let God live the kingdom life. A believer who does not live in the reality of the kingdom cannot be built into the structure of the church. It's really good to meet with the church and to meet in the saints' homes. That's so sweet. It's really good to serve. But saints may meet and serve and gather for years, but they're not part of the structure of the church. They're not built in. So after 20 years, 30 years, or whatever, they're gone. But the material that's part of the structure of this meeting hall, you're not going to get that out of here. The Lord wants not only a meeting church, but a builded church. That's, this means we need to be part of the organic structure of the church. C says without the kingdom... As the reality of the church, the church cannot be built up. This is just the way it is. You can meet, you can serve, but built up to be part of something organic, to be inseparably part of the structure, so that you're part of that which the gates of Hades cannot prevail against, that requires the kingdom life. 
Christianity as a religion at its best is people assembling for meetings, for formal worship. Or if it's a a more serious kind of Bible-believing church, for a prayer meeting. If we only assemble, we're not meeting the Lord's need. We have to be built in. Built into the structure in our being. One factor of Brother Nee's joy was that he was built into the body so he could receive the supply of the body all the time. It wasn't just a matter of him being an individualistic overcomer. He supplied the body and the body supplied him. It's marvelous. Now the last section... And because of the flowing, ruling kingdom life, we're going to pull this off in about five minutes. Yeah. The kingdom of God is not only the reign of God, but also the realm of the divine life. We laid the foundation for this in the opening. The kingdom of God is the realm of the divine life for this life to move. Did the divine life move in you today? Well, this is not a training, see. It's a good thing. If you said amen, then I would ask, in what way did it move? And you would say, it moved me to pray for someone. Amen. It moved me to call someone. Amen. This life is very active. It moves, it works, it rules, and it governs that life may accomplish its purpose. So this is a very active inner life. So at school today, Friday still test day? Maybe that's just in the 50s in elementary school, every Friday spelling tests. Any move of the divine life at school today? Any sense of the flow of the divine life in school today? I open this up so that you realize while you're at school, and when you go to school, you don't dress in a weird way like I do. You're a teenager. You're a kid. You need to be normal. But while you're there, you can be in the kingdom. You're in another realm. The divine life is flowing in you. B says the kingdom of God is an organism constituted with God's life as the realm of life for his ruling in which he reigns by his life and expresses himself as the divine trinity in the divine life. The point is the kingdom is an organic realm where the triune God expresses himself as life. See, the unique way to enter into the kingdom of God is to receive God as life and gain God himself. This is regeneration. I was there when David Andrew Kangas entered the human kingdom. I was there trying to help my wife pant, blow, and breathe, and when not to push. And he entered by birth. I was there when Philip Matthew Kangas came. And I thought, what is this? It was a breach birth, so I was scared. Mm-hmm. What, what, 
this didn't look, this wasn't like what I saw when David came out, right? The point is, they entered the human kingdom by birth. We have entered the kingdom of God by birth. We're citizens. The kingdom of God is a divine realm to be entered into. A realm which requires the divine life. Hence for us to see or enter into the kingdom of God requires regeneration. Because through regeneration we receive the divine life, the life of God. Regeneration is the unique entrance into the kingdom. We have been born into the kingdom of God and now the divine life in our spirit knows the kingdom of God. This is a crucial point. The divine life in my spirit knows the kingdom of God. So in that two hour plus flight from Salt Lake City to Kansas City by Sky West or whatever it is in these 50 seater airplanes with a non-reclining seat. But the man in front of me, he has a reclining seat. So the combination of his reclining seat and my non-reclining seat gives me yet another opportunity to live in the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life. Uh, you want to ask me how I did? I would say um, I wouldn't get an A. I might have passed, but I wouldn't get an A, okay? I'm still in the class on this one. Um, but the Spirit knows. And the Lord would rather direct you according to what the divine life in your spirit knows than to have to rule over you with authority. But a lot of the believers, they... They won't take the way of life, and so then they'll, they'll just will have to go to what what not extension school. I don't know when when you, when you don't make it in high school, they send you to this other place, alternative school. There will be an, an alternative educational program, and uh, I, I'm not going there. Okay, I, I'm not planning on going there. We live in the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life by the sense of life, not by the knowledge of good and evil. I, I, I hope it's okay to mention this. Uh, there's a verse in Matthew that says, a, a scribe discipled into the kingdom of the heavens is like a scribe who brings out of his treasury things new and old. Well, here's something new, just a few hours old to me that I found out about. A young sister who's engaged who will be getting married this year. And her dad was just sharing how he shared with the young man. And while the dad brother was sharing this, I had such a sense. This man is living by the tree of life. This is just the tree of life here. This is not a handbook. This is, not a, this is not a system of legality. This is life. And what a blessing it is to everybody. I got blessed. I got life just hearing about it. But who knows? 
But this doesn't mean that every time something like this comes up, life will flow in that direction. It's beautiful to see the divine life just flow out of a person in a human way. This is the kingdom. Not by right and wrong. Right and wrong says a man should wait till he's 25. That's when you're solidified in your manhood. You should get your BA. You should do this and that. You should go to the full-time training. You've just crushed two young lives by your knowledge of good and evil way, right? Let's take the way of life and let's give room for everybody in the church to take the way of life, which means we're not opinionated toward how others are living their kingdom life. Now the last section. The kingdom of God in the sense of life is God in Christ being the totality of life with all of its activities. Therefore the kingdom life is a vital life. A life that is living and active in spirit for the carrying out of God's economy. Uh, let me end in a kind of testimony way. Sometimes, when I'm about to travel somewhere, according to my psychology, the last thing I want to do is to go to another airport and get on another plane and go on another trip. My natural life, I don't know what it wants to do, but it doesn't want to do that. But, but, when I touch the kingdom life within me, it's filled with vitality. Filled with activity. That is why I am happy that the Lord marked out this weekend for me to be with you in Kansas City in the vitality of the divine life. I'm happy to be here with you in the kingdom, learning to live in the church as the kingdom of God. Okay, maybe we have 10 or 15 minutes. Could we have some sharing? What do you think, Dan? Have some sharing? Okay. Now that depends on how the divine life is flowing in you, see. So just let the life flow. I believe a number of us just share some things. It's going to be like this the whole weekend, okay? This is going to be a pleasant, delightful, flowing, enjoyable, encouraging, supplying, shepherding, enlightening 48 hours because we're in the kingdom of God. Amen.